0: We're here, it's the Deems List, our week in review segment for the Eric Deem Show, and what a week. Here we're wrapping up October, about to be all Hallow's Eve, as you might call it, Halloween. My goodness, a lot of scary things are coming out, and so we're gonna get to those. The election, right around the corner. We're gonna do a special segment on Tuesday for the election, so be sure to tune in there. On that piece, but uh, we want to talk a little bit about some of the polling data that's come out and some of the other random supporters that we're now seeing uh, for Donald Trump. Uh, very good, very good. Unexpected, you might say. Maybe not random, unexpected. But that's good. The Hunter Biden laptop. We well, can't ignore that. The laptop from hell, as, as POTUS calls it. Big tech censorship. Some tragedy in France. And COVID. That's right. It's still here. COVID. So let's dive right in. It's the final countdown to the election. And, I mean, Donald Trump is doing three rallies a day. And uh, Biden is, um, I don't even think he's getting three meals in. You know, he's in the basement. He's coming out occasionally. I love how they're saying he's going to Pennsylvania as if it's some big feat. You know, it's five miles from his home. Um. I think the uh, the, the biggest, the, the starkest difference between the two campaigns, I saw a photo. I think the president tweeted it out, and, and uh, we've retweeted it at the Eric Deem show. So be sure to check this out. There is a picture of President Trump landing at a rally. Tens of thousands of people. He's in Air Force. No, he's, he's landed at Air Force One just a couple of miles away. Marine One bringing him in. You just know the exhilaration. Lee Greenwood in the background. God bless America. It's all there. You know, we're all proud to be an American at this point. Landing, the energy's there. And then there's another photo. Joe Biden walking downstairs to the circles. The circles in the lawn. He's got about 10, 15, okay, maybe 40 people. And they they have these circles. My gosh. And you just, you sit back. Obviously, I have one of those two candidates that I'm supporting. That aside, if you watch these two, is there even a contest in the energy? There can't be. So, again, we're going to dive more on uh, into what's happening there. But I, one thing I want to mention before we get off the election. The polls. I want you to remember way back in 2016... It's a time when the mainstream media seem to think uh, history began. They, they tend to forget looking back to, you know, what Harry Reid did to the Senate and Senate rules and all that kind of stuff. No, 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 no. It all starts with them when the bad orange man came into office. So let's, let's go way back to 2016. And remember Hillary Clinton? Anybody? Remember her? Well, I just want to read this to you. I just want to read this to you. On Election Day... She had an 85% chance of winning, according to the New York Times. A 98% chance, according to the Huffington Post. Of course, Nate Silver and 538, they gave her 72%. But it wasn't necessarily based on the polls. It was about his discrepancy in, in modeling. So what does that tell us? You can't believe the polls that we're looking at. You know, when you're coming out right now, everybody's saying Biden has a 10-point, a 15-point, a 7-point, a 12-point, a lead. I just don't buy it. And the American people don't buy it. And then you start diving in and seeing who are they polling. Well, it's not you and I. You know, they're oversampling Democrats. And history tells us, again, all the way back to 2016, big history here, tells us Trump supporters are always undersampled. They don't trust. They just have an inherent distrust in the media. So when somebody calls wanting to know who they're supporting, they're not going to tell you. And they're sure as hell not going to put something in the yard. Last thing they want is something coming through the window. I mean, this is unfortunately the world we're in. People aren't going to tell who they're voting for. And now a lot of people will, right? There are plenty of uh, MAGA hats over there uh, when, when the president is arriving. But there are a lot of people that are supporting Donald Trump, because they can't support Biden. And let's talk about why. Ah, oh, the Hunter Biden laptop from hell. I mean, this is a guy who, according to the reports, it turned in a laptop because he needed some work done on it. Forgot to pay the, what was it, $83? Something like that. $83 repair fee so the uh, the shop owner gets to keep it. Well, it's like a if you own a storage unit, right? Forget to pay, suddenly I've got all your crap. So this shop owner was smart. He made four copies of the hard drive before turning it over. And apparently it has just unleashed a ton of stuff. And Tucker Carlson this week had uh, Bobulinski on for his interview. Tuesday night, a whopping 7.6 million viewers tuned in for this. 7.6 million people. That's more than... I think that's more than cable news combined um, for any given evening um, or pretty, pretty dang close to it. So this guy that we used to know as middle-class Joe, you know, from Scranton, you know, I think he would have had better chances four years ago, to be quite honest with you, because the October surprises are coming out and people just, people are losing trust real fast. People are regretting Those that voted for him early are saying, oh, my goodness, what happens if he doesn't even make it into the election? Most people that I talk to don't think he's going to make it for years, right? Nancy Pelosi and crew are already working on the 25th Amendment piece to try to, um, you know, she says, this isn't for Donald Trump. This is for the next president. Well, yeah, a way to get rid of him so that uh, Senator Kamala Harris can step in. And oh, my goodness, wouldn't that, be a, wouldn't that be an interesting ride? So I think when you start looking at everything that's starting to unravel around uh, Joe Biden, it's really sad. I actually do feel sorry for him. This is a guy who could have just sunset sunsetted his career and gone out as a diplomat, a guy who gave half a century to his country. But no, Um, his party pulled shenanigans in the past, which is why they put Hillary up. You know, she had deals, they had deals, whatever. Um, Good luck going against her. Bernie will tell you about that. And so this was his chance, finally. Well, it's too late. The alternative media has gotten very powerful. And because of that, censorship has emerged. And so that's what we need to talk about now. Big tech censorship. Did any of you see the homeless man that uh, Twitter's Jack, you know, Jack Dorsey, he sent in to talk? No, you're right. It wasn't a homeless man. It was Jack Dorsey. I mean, grandfathers everywhere are rolling in their graves that this man showed up to a business meeting looking like that. He didn't even have a red tie on. Can you believe it? I mean and to show up to a Senate hearing. And, of course, Zuckerberg, I mean, we don't have enough time to go into that. But people are starting to create their own media. People are starting to create their own social media things. Parlor exists. Rumble exists. Places where we just can't trust big tech. And what I find really interesting when questioned um, I can't remember who, the, who was questioning him. Um, Colorado Senator, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, qu- question him about... Oh, wait. So it's not disinformation if we have a Holocaust denier on here or uh, is an Islamic radical jihadist, a leader of that faction in the world, needs to have their place on Twitter, according according to Twitter, according to Twitter's policies. That's okay. But we're going to censor... Information about a laptop, about a political opponent to the president, because again, we don't like the president. We don't like the orange man. He's bad. People are starting to see through this in big ways. People, are, we've already known we're being played, right? Everybody's known this. We've always known that there's a, a narrative that's happening in, in the elites of society, those who own the big media conglomerates, so on and so forth. But, uh, But the world's changing. The world's changing very quickly as technology continues to advance. So meanwhile, Biden retreats to his basements. He calls a lid. What, 10 a.m.? I mean, (laughs) it's unbelievable the guy could take four days off, you know, two weeks within. Um, You know, who feels? I feel sorry for Kamala Harris. How do you think she feels about this? You know? How do you think she feels about this? She thought she was going to be on a winning ticket. Now, Grandpa Joe can't even come out to the rallies, can't even got support. It. Meanwhile, Grandpa Trump. I mean, again, they're not too far all, uh, different in age. We can have a whole conversation on the fact that we have seventy-somethings running, but you know, that's for a, a later episode. Talking, how do we get here? Um, meanwhile, rappers are coming out for Trump. Fifty Cent says he doesn't want to be twenty-five cent. What likes the prospect of being seventy-five cent? Maybe I don't know. Little Wayne, Kanye West, the Goat. Now, I know he's on the ballot, but you might speculate there that that's to help with uh, the Don. Of course, we have Little rugs. He's out there supporting. Oh, you haven't heard of him? Oh, he's the mascot here at the Eric Deem Show. <laughs> you might see a photo of him someday. So, again, that, that's enough on the, the election. There's so much more to talk about. We're going to do a full episode on it Tuesday, and I hope you'll tune in to the Eric Deem Show then. Uh, two more things I want to wrap up with. Did you hear the tragedy in France? Unbelievable. Just the the sad that this I mean this Tunisian terrorist migrant comes in and it's at Nice. Decapitates the first person he attacks, kills two others at a church. This is only weeks after a student decapitates his teacher. And again, again this is you know, just a couple of years or so after the Charlie Hebdo incident where uh, for for posing a a, a photo of Muhammad, these radical jihadists come out. Uh, Not good. And this is exactly why a strong border matters. This is exactly why you have to look after your national interests first. Yes, we need to help and take care of other people. Uh, especially as the wealthiest, greatest country ever known to man, <clears throat> I believe we have a role to play there. But you can't do that if you're not secure. You can't do that if insurgents are getting into your country through your porous borders. So kudos to the president <clears throat> on securing our borders. And um, again, I think that's going to play in. But uh, my heart goes out to those in uh, to to the folks in France. You know, France has been with us since the very beginning. You would argue if it wasn't for France, there wouldn't be a United States of America. So we have to stand strong. Even when policy differences emerge, and that's healthy, by the way, very healthy. Iron sharpens iron. <clears throat> that only happens if there's conflict. Only happens if there's a little heat. <clears throat> Don't be afraid of it, especially on the global stage. But we've got to look out for ourselves. France has to look out for itself. But again, our hearts go out to the the victims and to that country. And finally, um, COVID. You know, it's still here. Uh, I saw the other day that there are quarantine camps being set up in New Zealand for those who refuse to get tested. Can you believe this? Now, keep in mind, you know how many deaths as of today... October 30th, 2020, you know how many deaths New Zealand has? 25. The whole country, we're supposed to look at them as some bright, shining light, and they're setting up quarantine camps? This should be dangerous. This is is very dangerous. This should be alarming to all of us. What I'm looking at uh, is from the COVID tracking project, which I would encourage each of you to look at, daily deaths are way down. The seven-day average is just under 800. It was near 2,500, above 2,000 earlier this year, above 2,000, trending even higher, and we stopped it. Hospitalizations, you know, are ebbing and flowing. Daily cases are rising, but that's because our daily ca- Did you know we're testing on average 1.2 million Americans a day? Nobody's talking about this. I keep seeing all of these COVID trackers, and what do they talk about? Who's tested positive? And it's everybody who's tested, and it's if you've, if you've tested positive, and you've been positive before, or you test positive again, you know, it's a new number. People are really starting to get tired of this. When we heard 14 days to flatten the curve, we didn't expect it to be seven months to lock down the economy. Again, another stark difference between the presidential candidates. Quarantines have lost legitimacy in the eyes of the American people. They lost legitimacy whenever they, become, whenever they became politicized. And they started getting unfairly applied. Apparently, COVID is very smart, right? It really comes out at 10 p.m. in the bars. But when you start diving into the details of the data, you realize the transmission is not happening at bars like some of these governors would like us to think. I also think it's disheartening when politicians say COVID would be a terrible crisis to waste. Of course, I'm quoting former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton there. And that's when the spiral of politicization began. Let's use this to bring in socialized medicine. Let's use this to bring in government control so that we can mandate certain things. Well, the American people are seeing right through that. And that's why we've become so divided on just the issues of wearing masks, which is... So, but we can have a whole issue on this. They're looking at me and saying, okay, this is only supposed to be a week in review. Okay, so... Where were we? I'll leave you with this. Lockdowns. Think about the missed surgeries that led to deaths. The substance abuse, the spousal abuse, the suicides, the mental illnesses that have been exasperated and even created for folks, all because of lockdowns and quarantines, losing jobs. The cure cannot be worse than the disease. And the truth of the matter is, the poorer you are, the harder this is for you. Do you all remember, there was a great movie I hope you watched it. The Big Short. It was about the Great Recession. Uh, Brad Pitt was in it, so I'm sure you ladies really enjoyed it. But it talks about, um, you know, they were going crazy in Vegas about, oh, we're going to make so much money on the decline of the U.S. economy. And uh, one of the characters says, hold on. Did you know for every 1% of unemployment that goes up, 40,000 people die? Well, come to find out, that was actually a study done in 1982. And it was actually 37,000 people. The actual figure in the academic research is 37,000 people die for each percentage point rise in the unemployment rate. And um, there was a book written called Corporate Flight, The Causes and Consequences of Economic Dislocation. So what they're talking about is Anytime unemployment rises, people lose hope. When they lose hope, um, they lose purpose. When they lose purpose, they have to resort to other things. I mean, we're all human. We're all people. And people's lives are who we're playing with. That's why when we say the cure cannot be worse than the disease, that's exactly what we're talking about. So thanks for tuning in. This was the Week in Review. What a week we've had. I feel like these weeks are going to continue to get fuller and fuller. I'm concerned next week we may still not know the result of the election. But nonetheless, we're doing an election episode on Tuesday, Election Day. I hope you'll tune in. Find us on the socials at Eric Deem Show. Reach me, eric at ericdeemshow.com. I look forward to hearing from you.